1: In this episode, I have the honor of interviewing the award-winning best-selling author, Dr. Arif Ahmad. His debut poetry collection is titled A Piece of Me, an arrangement of words to inspire reflection. The collection explores peace, unity, and democracy from the perspective of Muslim, Pakistani, immigrant, and cardiologist. Welcome, Dr. Ahmad, to the program.
0: Yeah. So much pleasure uh, to be here. Uh, thank you so much for the kind uh, introduction.
1: Yes, great. I'm glad to have you with me. I really am so honored. Well, let's begin this poetic journey. What I'd like to know from you first, sir, is what is poetry?
0: Well, uh, uh, Doc, for uh, me, uh, poetry. Is- the rhythm of life poetry, convergence and uh uh what i mean by that is that if poetry around us look at dr
1: ahmad I'm, dr ahmad i'm going to ask you to to call in because you're breaking up and i can't hear anything that you're saying i'm so sorry
0: okay okay I, i'll
1: now okay thank you sir Everyone, as you know, this is live radio, so you know what can happen almost anything. So stay tight. Hang in there. Dr. Ahmad will be with us in a moment. All right, Dr. I Ahmad,
0: can hey, you hear I, me I, now?
1: All right, you are sharing, what is poetry to you? You said so, the rhythm of uh,
0: life. Yeah, yeah, poetry for me is uh, a state of convergence. It's it's the rhythm of life. Uh, when I look around, I see a lot of rhythm. Nature, uh, you know, I, I'm an outdoors person, and usually as a rule of thumb, when when we are in the outdoors, we can tell man versus nature by if something is in a straight line, that's man-made. If something is curvy in a rhythm, that's usually nature. So look at the sun uh, going up, coming down, the moon, the wind, the trees. uh, Look at look at I'm I believe in God. I don't consider myself extremely religious, but I mm-hmm. I do. Okay, I do well with the basics. Right. And I do believe in God. And if you look at all these religions, whenever God spoke to man, and that includes Quran, uh, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of rhythm in there. Mm-hmm. So, so poetry for me is that state of convergence, where all of us, the beings, we come together, that's our common place of rhythm. And that rhythm uh, may, doesn't have to be perfect. It can be as good or as bad as uh, it can be. But still, at the end of the day, it's our state of convergence, it's our rhythm. Uh, sometimes it malfunctions, sometimes it gets better, sometimes it's perfect, sometimes it's not as good. Uh, so that's poetry for me.
1: All right. So when you think of what poetry is to you, in a general sense, why is it important?
0: Well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, so I never planned to be a poet, and I don't consider myself even today that I'm an all poet. Uh, some of the book is prose, but I basically just let my thoughts take the shape they wanted to take. Okay. And then I noticed that there was an inherent rhythm in some of my writings which just wanted to be presented like uh, a poem. So I, I, I let that happen. Uh, the other advantage personally which I uh, got from uh, uh, writing poetry is that it's, it reads well Mm-hmm. and it's uh it 's brief it 's succinct, so I can say a lot, and I can point towards a lot without saying a lot, so right. it gives me that uh, that margin of error, that room mm-hmm. with uh, uh remember i 'm a Muslim yes and i 've lived through this two decades of uh war on terror. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. many of us, we have our backs against the wall. So we are careful about what we say, how we say it, and and poetry gives me that option to, to do it just right.
1: All right. Please share with me an early experience where you learn that poetic language, however you define that, has power.
0: uh i think uh uh, i would give you two examples doc uh one um, and I've, i've looked into that i've i've looked at other religions i've uh judaism and christianity and hinduism and sikhism and of course i'm a muslim and quran i read quran and uh I tried to read some of the other religions too, and uh, there is a lot of rhythm in Quran, so that is my my inspiration. And then uh, uh, there was a poet philosopher. uh, His name uh, was uh, Sir uh, Muhammad Allama Iqbal, who who wrote a lot of Quran, and uh, he. referred to a lot of Quran so he he was my inspiration he he was a big name poet philosopher so so those those are uh, uh, for some reason it looks like uh, when god chooses to talk to man mm-hmm. some of it is in rhythm and i don't know why but uh, uh that's what it appears like
1: All right, please share a poem, sir.
0: All right, Doc, Uh, let me, uh, well, I'll I'll share something short. Um, And uh, it's called, I keep trying. I wrote this in December, 2019. Um, I keep trying harder and harder adding one wrong to another piling mine over theirs hoping that come a day they might add up to become a right end of form
1: oh i'm going to ask you to share that one again sometimes i like hearing them twice the first time okay. i'm settling in and the second oh, time i can that's, really
0: that's it. totally fine and that's the beauty right. of poetry <laughs> yes
1: it is and
0: you <laughs> 10 people may read this poem and they may all have their own take on it yeah very much i so. keep trying the name uh, the heading is i keep trying mm-hmm. uh, the title of the poem uh, i keep trying harder and harder adding one wrong to another sure piling mine over theirs, hoping that come a day they might add up to become a right. Wow.
1: That's very profound. Extremely profound. You've written a book, A Piece of Me. Now, the title in itself is quite interesting. First, tell me about the title, and then what inspired the book.
0: Well, Doc, uh, uh so the title is, 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 it is a piece of me because it's, uh, it's a perspective, it's my perspective of uh, mm-hmm. multiple things which my life circles around. All right. Uh, I never planned to be a book author. Uh, this was not planned. I never planned to write poetry. This was not planned. It just happened. Call okay. it destiny. Uh, the book. Uh, one night in 2000, I think it was 13. The first writing, the optimist. I just got up and wrote that in 10-15 minutes. I was in that s- some state of state of mind, and then I just kept writing these small pieces, and they got published, and I would send them, and they'll pu- get published here and there, and newspapers, and some journals, and some online. Places, and finally, uh, it was last year that I thought about uh, uh, making a book out of them. And when I uh, looked around, asked some questions, I luckily I got some help, and that's how the book came around. So then I I looked at all of the work which I had written over almost a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I selected uh, uh, what I wanted to put in, in that book, about 80% of what I had, and mm-hmm. that, that formed the book. It's not a big book. Uh, mm-hmm. Not all pages are full pages. But that's how the book uh, came into being. But... Uh, now, Doug, I'll, I'll,
1: no, yeah, please. I'm sorry. No, no please. Continue.
0: I, uh, you know, the, the book is, is my take, my perspective, it's my story. So, it's it's a very fine point here, Doc, and I'm going to spend a little time here because I think it it, it is important. Yes. Uh, the book is a perspective which is grossly missing from the Western dialogue. And when I say Western, I say Europe and North America. I'm going right. to ask you a question.
1: Yes. Give me...
0: Five names of five Muslim media uh, spokesperson or media contributors in North America and Europe. Name me five Muslim media uh, media people who are who are the face who you can say, oh, this guy is a Muslim and he is on the television or on the, his his columns are in the newspaper or he, I know, so give me five such names. You're a media person. You know what I'm asking. Give me the names of five Muslim uh, uh, newspaper writers, regular column writers or TV anchors or TV personalities. So between Europe and North America, so that's a okay. big, big area. Can you give yes, me it is.
1: <laughs> all right? How much time do I have?
0: Well, I think you, you know what I'm. Asking. So I do. <laughs> my, so that's, that's You know, it's 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 sad, and I'll tell you why it's sad.
1: It's very sad.
0: We lived through this. We lived through this war on terror mm-hmm. for t- over twenty years, and. Every time I, I'd open up the evening news or television or look up the newspaper, there's somebody else sitting there or writing there telling me how a Muslim mind thinks or mm-hmm. how a Muslim mind reacts. And I'm listening to all this, and I'm like, okay, well, that may or may not be right because nobody's asking me. There's no muslim voice sitting in that panel and why is the muslim voice important why why was it ever needed because this war on terror was supposedly not against islam but why Mm -hmm. was the muslim voice important the muslim voice was important because the muslims like me the middle of the road the citizens of afghanistan Pakistan, and Iraq, we were the largest casualty of this war on terror, so we, we were caught in the crossfire, the fundamentalists who the West was fighting, and where are these fights going on? There are they're, they're, they're no battlegrounds or battlefields anywhere, they are being mm-hmm. fought in cities in cities in Pakistan Iraq and Afghanistan and guess who is dying people like me my family my friends yes the, so this kept happening and I have the data somewhere that I think the casualty of the war this 20-year war on terror was what uh, 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 oh, approximately a million people dead trillion dollars were spent. So when you look at this statistic, you know, uh, somewhere in the book I write that we made that perfect sandwich. And then on, on the Western Front, we took the brunt also. So when I started, I said our backs were against the wall. And even today, you know, Islam, Muslim, these words are looked at with with suspicion. We had to prove our citizenship, our good Samaritanship. Okay. Uh, so everything for us became harder. We were uh, checked at the airports. I'm pretty sure many of us were eavesdropped upon, spied mm-hmm. upon. Uh, so, so this is happening to this large population of, you can call me by whatever name, a, a average Muslim Joe. Mm-hmm. And nobody is allowed in the Western media to present this perspective or talk about this perspective or share this perspective. I can give you an, an analogy, Doc. All right. uh, you can uh, imagine the African-American experience. Mm-hmm. And now imagine that there's no African-American voice to represent that experience. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel sometimes. So the book, in many ways, is a reaction to all those 20 years. And, and there's much more than just the war on terror, but that's a part of the book. Uh, so it's, it's it's a reaction to where, where is the Muslim perspective? Where, where, yes. is, where is the average Muslim Joe's perspective? It was... It's still missing to this date.
1: Now, a couple of things. One, I do know one Muslim host. His name is Mehdi Hassan. He's on MSNBC. And also, when what happened with 9-11 all those years ago, there were a number of us who felt, to be quite honest with you, that that was the first time African-Americans were not viewed as being, quote, the lowest. On the pole, it was the first time we ever fit in. There was another group. You see what I'm saying? That you know, was, this
0: is this is fantastic, Doc. This is so so good to hear mm-hmm. you. What you just said it just reaffirms. I, I know this, yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. You know, yeah. I'm I'm blessed in many in many ways. I, I'm highly educated. I'm a, yes, a I'm, a, I'm a, a practicing physician. I'm, I have a great practice. I have a great following. My patients, I love them. Mm-hmm. They love me back. Uh, sure. My colleagues and all that. But that's not the Muslim. That's I'm not the, your classic, average Muslim experience in the West. The classic yes. average Muslim experience is much worse. The racism, the the bigotry we face. Uh, from the West, and all the time, all the while, we are getting killed, losing our lives, literally, literally speaking. There was a time few years back when talking to my family in Lahore, Pakistan, there were bombs going on literally every week. And one of my uncles, he said, R- RF, when we leave home in the morning we don't know how many are going to come back this was all pakistan a, a bustling metropolitan uh city so uh this happened to us i i am so i'm so appreciative doc that you said what you said because that really happened we were getting hit from the fundamentalists
1: yes and
0: from the west and we mm-hmm. made this losing our lives we were getting doubt being doubted we were scorned at eavesdropped spied upon doubted upon mm-hmm. yes so sir many, many ways this book is a reaction to that and as this book oh. is now is like let me speak for myself please this is mm-hmm. my perspective this is my words don't assume me let me be me i i yes. want to speak
1: Beautifully stated. Beautifully stated. Please share another that. poem. Please share another poem. I want to hear you work.
0: Well, uh, Doc, uh, let me see what I uh, what I it. Uh, uh to going with the with the flow with what I was saying. Yes. Uh, The very first poem in the book is Your Average Muslim Joe and Mary. And this uh, I wrote in April 2015 at a time when the majority of Muslims were caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. Eradicated en masse by by the Muslim fundamentalists for not being Muslim enough and siding with the West. Tried unilaterally in the media, embarrassed, condemned, regarded with suspicion, frisked at the airports, many having lost their lives and checked off as collateral damage by the warring West. Often misunderstood and taken out of context, never for a conflict, we like it quite and out of limelight, Mm -hmm. not expecting anyone to bail us out or elevate our status, some fault for all this surely lies with us. We are your average Muslim, Joe and Mary, the single largest casualty, the silent tragedy of this war on terror. And it is for us to find a way out of this rut, to become a world-class scientist, a politician, an artist, a philosopher, excel at living, and never say never. End of one. Wow.
1: You know, it sounds like something inside you compelled you to, to, to release it from your system. Your thoughts, your feelings—you, know, you, you're probably right,
0: Doc. And, and this something. didn't happen. This book didn't come about in a year or six months. It took mm-hmm. me almost a decade to write these pieces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I, I, yeah, you're you're right.
1: You know, it's funny. When I first started my professorship, this was years ago. My program—they had a national reputation for being social activists and. They were really big on social action. But when they hired me, I think they had a view of what an African-American man should be. Mm -hmm. Well, see, they really didn't hire me. They hired the stereotype, but they didn't Mm -hmm. hire me. Mm -hmm. I'm my own unique individual proud to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And that was the message that I shared with them. And it, It wasn't an easy message to share. Mm-hmm. But it's important mm-hmm. for me to be the individual in the situation if I'm going to make mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah, that that is absolutely correct, Doc. And uh, to be honest with you, I think the yes, African American yes. experience went through centuries to get to the belonging and the status where, and it's still not where it should be but at least no. like you said it's much better than before i hope it doesn't take us that long yes to uh yeah i just hope we yeah
1: now your collection in terms of the predominant themes you explore peace unity and democracy those are huge topics to to talk about mm-hmm. why those topics as opposed to I don't know, I won't say gloom and doom, but well, I guess I will say that. Why yeah. a, a positive perspective as opposed to particularly your yeah, feeling God, about so, what happened?
0: Yeah, let me, let, me, let me throw in another concept here.
1: Yes, please.
0: So what I believe is if you look around it all boils down to a good samaritan and a Mm. community of good samaritans if you look around the planet the countries which are blessed or which we think are blessed or peaceful or doing well uh stable are where there are more good Samaritans where people treat, treat each other well. Mm-hmm. And the countries where this doesn't happen are the ones mm-hmm. which we see in the bottom of the ladder where uh, they are just struggling in so many ways. So yes. with, with, if you look around the planet, this is what I believe. I'll, I'll give you a kitchen talk, a Muslim kitchen talk. We say this quite often in our, in our discussions, and that's, that's why I think it's important to include our voice in the, over this course, which in the last two decades has not happened. Uh, I, I'll, we, uh, we discuss, we say this quite often, Doc, that we believe, you know, in our Muslim talk, in our kitchen talk, or whatever, mm-hmm. that West, practices more Islam so so Quran what, what do all religions say what what do all religions say they all say become a good Samaritan the most single most important thing is be good be good mm-hmm. to things around you people around you all religions say the same thing Quran says the same thing so we we joke about this quite often that actually in the West, Christians, Jews, Hindus, whatever, or even atheists, they might be practicing, they might be better Muslims because when you read Quran and you look at the teachings, most of it is about being a good Samaritan. So you you, you get the drift? Yes, I do. You know, at the end of the day, when, you know, I, I our backs are against the wall. So what am I going yes. to do about it? Am I, mm-hmm. I'm a positive person. I'm a mm-hmm. cardiologist. I understand how important optimism is <laughs> to prevent disease, to prevent aging. So I can't control what comes at me, but I mm-hmm. can control how I respond to it. And I choose to respond to it in an optimistic, positive manner of uh, and that's that's most of the book uh, is even with mm-hmm. the negative um scenarios the gun violence the mm-hmm. democracy the mm-hmm. um, uh the racism the war on terror these big issues the the gender and uh racial inequality you know yes. it's, it's unbelievable that we still don't have United States of America does not have, still does not have, a woman president. When Mm -hmm. Pakistan, Islamic Republic of Pakistan, and Mm -hmm. Bangladesh have had, third world countries have had Muslim presidents, United States of America is still without its first uh, has had woman president. United States of America is still without its first woman president. Yeah, I know. So. so that's why, you know, many of these uh, writings in the poem are reactionary mm-hmm. to something I wanted to say. Something happened. It, it it affected me. It affected my life. It affected my way of living. It affected um, my loved ones. And then I I said what I said in the way I said it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that is 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 this book, the person. My you know, book. I'm-
1: yeah, well, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, your book is about emotion. It, it, there's no other way that it cannot be without emotion. Do you think that someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions?
0: Uh, so <laughs> you ask a me a tough question? question. A, <laughs> I've got to ask not you some. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, can, can there be poetry which is emotionless? I guess there yes. can be. Okay. There can be poetry which can be emotionless, and it can be right. quite effective. There can be poetry written just from the brain and the, mm-hmm. the senses, and, and that can be quite effective. Uh, okay. Not every single poem or writing I have in there is written with a lot of emotions. Some of them is just uh, to to bring a point across. I, I'm a cardiologist. A lot of yes. what I do today is about healthy living. There are several writings about there about healthy living and... and know all that so um, yeah yeah I mean yes and no I guess okay. uh, you need emotions but uh, 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 perhaps my second book would be a little more tamed uh, it, won't <laughs> a, it won't become a bestseller perhaps I don't know because, uh, uh, you know right now with this book written a lot off my chest it's out there yes. now mm-hmm. uh, it, in libraries, it's multiple places. It's been well read, so at least this is. Maybe I'll say the same thing in different ways. I don't know. I don't right. know. Right. We'll, we'll see. A lot of this reaction. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry to say it, but that happened in the Trump years. Yes. Uh, of what we went through, um, and uh, you know the everything, all that uh, pressure. On the Muslim world and the Muslims American uh, American Muslims was increased during those years for one reason or the other Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think most of the minorities probably felt that way now having said that uh, was was Trump all wrong not at all Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that's that that's that's the very important perspective, I, uh, another concept I bring to the table, that there are no absolute positions. Whatever I'm saying, it's probably not 100% correct for many people, and that's okay. It's okay. And uh, some, you know, the, the meeting point lies somewhere between the extremes, and we don't need to, I don't think Trump was all wrong or all right mm-hmm. or the other side is all wrong or all right. There were perspectives and the and the meeting point is somewhere somewhere in the middle. And uh, there is a poem if that's okay with you yes. if I can read
1: that Yes please. I'm not to hear
0: which is this if I can if I can read that. Yes, please. It's called This, I believe. It was written in September two thousand eighteen. And I quote, such is the nature of this beast that I believe not one conflict of any nature or scale is an unequivocal complete fault of only one side, not one. And if this premise can be agreed upon, then therein lies the solution. End quote. So, uh, so this is you know I I don't believe that everything I say and write is totally correct. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how I and I think that's part of this good Samaritan, uh, uh, you know the the best fabric of America, and why America, I feel, is blessed. Uh, Today, it's it's the it's what makes America, which is your everyday people, the, the people of America. So that is why we are blessed. We're not blessed because we have great politicians or we have, you know, uh, that's that's how that, that's how I look at this. We we are blessed because we are one of the best good samaritan community out there that's how i look at this we are Mm -hmm. some of the best people out there just just the average people average americans you go out and and you know uh the majority of them are just downright downright good people so Mm -hmm. that's i think where our um, uh, why we are where we are we are still the uh, top country on the planet and and I think this is the main reason why we are we are blessed so so I became nervous when I felt uh, many of us became nervous when we felt that we may lose that uh, a few years mm-hmm. back,
2: yes. but
0: hopefully not, I think hopefully uh, our better angels would prevail.
1: Well, we're going to take a quick break, but here's a question for you before we go that you can answer after the break. Are you, hoping, are you hoping this book resonates with a broad range of readers, or are you targeting a specific audience?
0: That's the question. All right? All right. Okay. We'll be right back.
1: you're back I am Michael Anthony Ingram I'm here with Dr. Arif Ahmad Dr. Ahmad please answer my question who do you want to read this book Dr. Ahmad are you there <laughs> The caller dropped the line. All right, Doctor Mart dropped the line. Doctor Mart, are you there,
0: Doc? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm back. All right. <laughs> Think you lost me
1: or something? Yes, it says the caller dropped the line. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I'm I'm back. Okay, all right.
1: <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. All right, <laughs> who's your audience? Who do you want to read this book, sir?
0: Yeah, so, uh, uh, so as as a Muslim orthodox, I I am at a disadvantage. If this was a race, I start mm-hmm. from behind the line. Okay. Uh, right. Because of the because of the uh, just this unease unease around uh, Muslims and. Uh, Islam or you know whatever, and I think you mm-hmm. put it right, very eloquently with what you said initially uh, that was that was i I'll, it'll probably come out at some point in one of my writings in some way uh, so i I hope this is read by uh, a wider wider uh, it's not focused towards anyone I hope it's read mm-hmm. by. A wider population, because uh, the the reaction I'm getting is that, you know, they're like, "Whoa, we, you know, you you you're just like us. Your wow. your your you know your perfections, imperfections, your um, your worries, your thinking. You're just like a person." So I think that breaking that taboo that uh, and, and we are doing it in our own sphere so i'm doing it with people i know and my friends and my hunting buddies and my at my farm and at my place of work but i think it needs to be done in a broader perspective and that needs personalities that needs uh for example 20 30 40 50 muslims which are everyone can relate to or that person is a muslim Mm -hmm. and he is just a normal joe or normal mary and that has not happened yet unfortunately it it's it's happening but it's not we're not there yet so i hope this perspective is is picked up by by a wider population no the book is not for any one particular anything it's for whoever
1: okay Knowing what you know about the world and your lived experiences, does it hurt you, Dr. Ahmad, to write poetry? And I don't mean physically, it could be, you know, some upset in your body. Again, does it
0: hurt you to write
1: poetry? If not, why not?
0: Doc, you have your questions lined up really well. Wow, <laughs> that's that a great question. <laughs> In other, I'll give you an honest answer because I never Please. thought anyone would ask me this question.
2: Oh wow!
0: And the short answer is yes. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you some of these writings uh, years ago, and I I was writing them, and I, they were getting published and on on the web or. Uh, in print, and I'll be honest with you, uh, a part of me was not sure what would happen to me. So, not only was this book the te- a test of American freedoms, it was also mm-hmm. a test of, uh, very honestly speaking, would somebody just kill me? Uh, would somebody just react negatively to me no knowing that i 'm out and i 'm writing these pieces uh, and just because uh there 's a vocal mo- muslim voice i'll i 'll be honest with you uh, some of the reactionary writings uh, um, about president trump i 'd be working out uh, in our basement in dark and uh, I'll, I'll think sometimes maybe there's a bullet with my name on it oh, wow. or somebody would just so yes you're absolutely mm-hmm. right there, there's a there, you know these uh, lines they these writings they have not they're not without a price yes. uh, but then at the end of the day you 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 it's the same in many ways my experience, our experience, Doc, is very similar mm-hmm. to the African-American experience, which probably mm-hmm. you can relate to.
1: Yes, I can. That, well, you,
0: yeah. At the end of the day, are you going to stay quiet and just keep the day low, or are you going to speak up and okay. and speak up in a positive manner, optimistic manner? That's what I chose to do. So, I, well, you know, even I though might, once or twice gonna... in the book, I kind of lost it. But mm-hmm. then, uh, even that, I tried to recover. But most of the writings, I think I, uh, uh, it's an optimistic uh, book at the end of the day. Uh, All right. So, yeah.
1: Well, I wanted you, <laughs> maybe you've already answered this. It's, it's my, my question about feeling hurt segues into this one. To tell me about a poem you were proud of writing but afraid to share for fear of misinterpretation.
0: Oh wow. Uh okay. Um I think there're quite a few, actually. But let me mm-hmm. let me that that's uh, doc. You uh, these are great questions, doc. Are, <laughs> thank say, you. I, I didn't write them. Say, <laughs> <laughs> one about wow.
1: form against wow. poetic hummingbird she are, them to me. <laughs> uh
0: these are, I can't take So one which I was afraid of uh, sh- there are quite a few actually. I uh, there are I quite think. a few. Uh, mm-hmm. but I think uh, mm, there are quite a few, actually, but uh, oh. which one?
1: But you did uh, it anyway. You did it anyway. Regardless mm-hmm. of what could have potentially happened, I commend you so much for sharing your voice. That is... That is and when you said earlier that people could see that you're just like them, that the only difference truly is our skin color, that we feel, we love, all those things that anybody else would want. Oh, Lord, I'm so glad you're with me. Yeah,
0: there's a rather long poem, Doc. Yes. Uh, I don't like to talk about it because it can be so easily misinterpreted by both sides.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
0: called Mm -hmm. Hope. It was written in April of 2016. Mm -hmm. It's my dialogue with a Muslim jihadist. It's a long poem. I I don't want to read it if you don't want me to, but the point with the poem is that for us, and even to this day, it's not just a balancing act just with the West, mm-hmm. where many of us live or relate to, it's also a balancing act with the fundamentalists. Because mm-hmm. if you start writing openly against the fundamentalists, they're going to come after you. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So it's yes. a, it's a very very uh, in this way. Uh, you know, in this regard, it's different from the African-American experience because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you didn't have two sides to balance. But
2: mm. here,
0: we are in between a suspicious West and a killing uh, fundamentalist plan, and we are in the middle trying to balance it out while getting killed uh... in our home turf in our homeland and in our neighborhoods and in our towns and cities mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's a very very difficult balancing act
1: would you mind reading some of it you can read all of it if you like if you feel comfortable that with that i'd like to hear yeah, it. it's, uh, it's a, no, it's a, it's a okay.
0: tricky one but uh... it's uh... uh it's called hope uh, Okay. April 2016, uh, Dear Muslim Jihadist, that's a fundamentalist. Yes. It feels like yesterday when you accounted for all of them lives and with your own included. And I'm not here to demonize, patronize, or judge you on your motive. I concede that you may have faced your own provocation and injustice, but besides your reasons, this is to update you on the state of affairs since. The religion, yours, mine, ours, is in turmoil as we are fighting with and killing most of and then some more Muslims, divided into Shia and Sunni, confused, tentative, defensive, are some of the states we are in. The children of Noah, of Abraham, people of one God, fighting, shedding blood, is how the big picture reads. In some way, we may have lost the forest, for the trees. So make a wild guess as to what is on the rise. The non-believers, the agnostics, the atheists. And I'm not sure how thrilled God is with all this. A very rudimentary question in my mind goes as such. If if your loved ones were hurt for no fault of theirs, is harming the no-fault loved ones of others the correct response? For how is God going to settle between you and your victims? Many of them were aiming for the very same heavens. Hmm. Still, there is hope as I think of the life of Jesus or Joseph treating his brothers or Muhammad, the Meccans. And I wonder about your true potential, the could have been. You were willing to lay your life for a cause. Only if you could make your point, by harnessing those energies for all our well-being. The rage of hate, revenge, and regress turned into the passion for loving, embrace, and progress kind of stuff legends are made of. Yes. Wow. End of poem.
1: Dr. Ahmad. Did you know that your voice takes on a different resonance when you share that piece? There's a level of conviction when you speak. Yeah. Uh, the power think, Doug, emanates uh, from you when you share that piece. Why do you think that is? What about that piece is different than some of the others?
0: Uh, I don't know, Doc. These are mm. tough questions. I, I don't know if I've answered too often. But uh no, I, I seriously I don't know. I I think because uh you know, I'm I'm speaking from the heart, there's yes uh there's uh let me let me pull up another you yes, know, please. because you know, this is such a difficult balancing act. I know what it is. we are still living through. Yes. And I'll I'll oh. I'll uh, let me see if I can um, because
1: Ordinarily, I ask, what is the
0: relationship
1: between your speaking voice and your written voice? That's usually the
0: question that I ask. Mm. Uh, Come again, Doc.
1: All right. What what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Are you two different people? One when you share... Oh, I I see. Yes. Yes.
0: No, uh, you know, if I'm reading a poem, I... Try to bring it to life. that's all I yeah, try
1: very I just, much I love it that.
0: yeah that's i I keep it simple, mm-hmm. and then whatever happens happens i I have an accent i'm you know and and that's all right, so you yeah, know i try to be as correct as possible phonetically, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I still have an accent where that which form that was the one It got published uh, in CNN. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this actually happened. Okay. So just imagine this, this balancing act, which is our life. So this poem is called Paris, January 7, 2015. This is the Charlie Hebdo incident. And this writing was published online by the CNN. Last day in France, our wedding anniversary, on a visit to that one Louvre and the Eiffel Tower, it turns grim about midday with news of the Charlie Massacre. A friend then urged me, Arif, you're a Muslim, and here's an opportunity. Write something. And I'm thinking, get in the middle of this mess. Are you kidding? For how, am I, for how should I ask the civilized world if freedom of speech means compulsive insulting of a religion and where its prophet's imagery is forbidden, repeatedly making his funny caricatures? And how am I conveying to the Muslims that the law of sarcasm states that the more sensitive one is about something, the more likely it will keep hitting them in the face? And how am I going to say that maybe a vacuum exists for lack of a more sophisticated response by a Muslim scholar? And how in the world can I tell the Muslim fundamentalist that reactionary killing is negative publicity, a self-defeating prophecy, the exact opposite of Allahu Akbar? So I'm staying out of this, as that, I believe, is better." End poem. Wow.
1: You know, your work really touches me on a number of different fronts. How do you feel that your poetic voice is potentially different
0: than others? Yeah. Um, it's it's a little unique, Doc, in the sense, because okay. I'm not truly writing about, uh, you know, uh, flowers and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing, I, it's like, a news column or reporting something or giving my impression, but in a, in some with some rhythm. Even okay. my prose, sometimes I, I would notice mm-hmm. that that has some rhythm. So oh. in, in that sense, it's it's different. Uh, sometimes I'd send the poem to a newspaper and they'll publish it, but they'll change it into prose in their own way. Oh. Oh, wow. So that takes out what I had written it still gets the message out, but you know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. I do. So that's do how understand. it's different. That mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, most of these writings are not your classic, uh, you know, boy-girl poems or, yes. you know, romantic poems or anything. The, uh, I, I, I don't like, I don't write romance or, you know, the, these things. So most of these are social, political commentaries mm-hmm. in, with some rhythm. Okay, and, and happenings real time happenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, there is this uh, uh, one poem which uh, comes to mind. It's called uh, American shame.
1: Oh, I want to hear that. Um, one. <laughs> do
0: you want me to? Of course. <laughs> okay. So it's called uh, uh, American shame. And this was written in December 2016. A Muslim registry in America is being talked about. Any more than there already is. I refuse to register. Please don't go there. Incarcerate means dead. I refuse to discriminate or be discriminated against. I refuse to hate. I refuse to be a second-rate citizen, not hmm. here not in this nation. I am a Muslim and a person. I refuse to become an American disgrace. Stir not what cannot be unstirred. Let the psyche stay pure and unperturbed. Colored, yes. Tainted, yes. Unequal, yes. I am not a terrorist, period condemn an entire people for the action of a few where in the history and the present shall we start and end with this i rest my argument and boom wow <laughs> oh
1: with your lived experiences again knowing that there's so much happening in america as well as the rest of the world pakistan the rest everywhere there's the good the bad the ugly and the indifferent. What do you, Dr. Ahmad, view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society?
0: Oh, uh, poet as a social commentator uh, can can probably, or a poet philosopher uh, can probably. Uh, bring people uh, to a common ground okay and uh a lot of the book is my imperfections my mm. insecurities my mistakes openly admitted yes um so with that being said uh you know the the um the common ground lies somewhere between the extremes. So a poet philosopher, at least what today I feel like I need to do uh, in America as divided as we are or on the world stage, or uh, is to uh, know that I'm not all right and the other side is not all wrong. And, and we can meet somewhere on a common ground and, and first do no harm. That's, you know, that's a very important dictum which I live by in my professional yes. life. Like a physician. Yes. Mm-hmm. First do no harm. So, uh, you know, uh, and then uh, try to be the best Samaritans we can mm-hmm. uh, for wow. each other. And I think that's that those are the places which uh, are excelling on the planet, which mm-hmm. which have figured this out well as a community.
1: Well, we've almost come to the end of our poetic journey together, my friend. But Uh if you don't mind, would you favor us with two more pieces from the book? I'd love that if you would.
0: All right, Doc. Uh, Just give me... uh, Would you like me to take another break? Can I be... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Take a break because give me a couple of uh, seconds just to gather my thoughts as to what I'd like to read. (laughs)
1: All right. All right.
0: All right. Here we Thank go. You. Thank yes. you. Yes. Your mind. Uh, All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Jim. All right. So um, I'll read this uh, see this happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, September 2017. So these dates will take you to where in time we were in America at that time. And right. that's when the poem was written. It's called See This Happening. Come with me on a mental exercise. Give me the best way of bringing down a nation. Take America, for example. How can America be be defeated? Not by force against the world's best military. Not monetarily upon the world's largest economy? No, it cannot be politically isolated. Still, there is a way, a very smart one at at that. Polarize and divide them Americans. Have them hate each other, choke them, create doubt. Pitch people against people Let America defeat itself, do from within, which cannot be done from without, end poem. So this was uh, uh, at a time, you know, when all these divisions within America, which, uh, so that's, that's the poem about that. And then, are you there?
1: Yes, I am just listening. Yes, sir.
0: And then uh, I wrote this in 2004, uh, no, not this, uh, 2018. This I, this I believe is the title of the poem. Oh, I've already read that, I, oh no, this one. So who I really am, uh, mm-hmm. this was in 2016. Uh, from Lahore, Pakistan, which I am, mm-hmm. a physician, a Muslim, An American. Only this is a beginning, for I am more. A piece of you, a part of all denominations. Our place, its relevance, this canvas. My reasoning is earthian. In my mind, the universe. We are the world and this as one. The world is who I really am. End poem.
1: Wow. Dr. Ahmad, my last question to you. What do you think you learned about yourself writing this book? Who are you as a consequence?
0: Uh, an imperfect person trying to better himself. All right. Oh, wow.
1: So powerful. And there's so many of us. We're all, in the, in, we're all attempting to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for joining me I would keep you another hour But you probably got some surgery that you need to do yeah. But uh, <laughs> Thank you so much For being and my guest
0: Thanks and, a lot, uh, Doc. Uh, you have a great laughter and a great personality I really enjoyed this
1: Well, thank you very much Alright, to our listening audience As I share with you every time we're together Let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land Alright, goodbye
0: Bye now Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.